0: Genesis chapter 37. That's where we're at. That's what's going on here today. Early bird podcast session. Stefan Meyer with you at is the website. I labor alongside the East Coast Church of Christ. And uh, yeah, we're in Genesis chapter 37. We want to study the scriptures a bit. We've made our way um, throughout the uh, many chapters thus far and It's been truly um, a wonderful blessing to learn from these witnessed and recorded accounts thousands of years ago that uh, certainly reveal the mind of God and certainly (laughs) uh, reveals the uh, fallen nature of mankind in our um, independent accountability and uh, sadly choosing to uh, participate and practice, think, speak uh, uh, in manners that would be lawless or deceiving or, um, producing, of course, some very, um, some very unwanted chaos, if you will. So, uh, we're going to keep going, and today is going to be with Joseph's dream, and we've seen in this family, haven't we, um, man, a lot of turmoil from Abraham to, uh, his sons, right? I mean, Abraham to Isaac. Isaac to Jacob and Esau, man, there's been a lot of turmoil, a lot of chaos and disorder uh, taking place in the lineage of this family. And we've seen God, of course, being long-suffering and patient. His grace remains active, and uh, he um, allows uh, mankind his providence. And at times in this era, this generation we read about here thousands of years ago, um had divine intervention if you will god would um interact with mankind in a direct way and uh so it's it's quite fascinating greatly interesting to see these accounts and we can see the dynamic of families and we can learn that's the whole thing right? we're learning god's mind we're learning uh the the nature again of of mankind and how we all relate in the common ailments of lawlessness and what comes about those poor decisions we make and um, we see that in this family and though true I mean some of them were faithful to God though they stumbled though they missed the mark and made some very foolish decisions um, they were of course uh, faithful to God in a great many respects and uh, the New Testament of course would look back at them and uh, reveal that honor. But uh, for, uh, of course, uh, in looking at these chapters, and I encourage you all to go to the archived videos if you want to kind of look back at at all our sessions that we've been having on Wednesdays. Wednesdays is, of course, the designated day in which we have our Bible studies, and we chose to go through the book of Genesis, and that's what we've been doing. Um, it's interesting how, just looking back, I, I guess, to, to um, Esau and Jacob in regards to Isaac and how... A deception took place there, a masquerade and a a great depth of of sorrow and and division in the family took place because of sin and allowing sinful elements, sinful individuals. And then to um, going to Jacob, of course, (laughs) and uh, becoming the recipient of his own deception, if you will, and the um, many trials and temptations that he came about. Anyway, some wonderful information we've been going through uh, in these many months, of course, in the book of Genesis, and uh, there's great value there. There's great value there, and today we want to look at the account of Joseph, Uh, Joseph being Jacob's son, of course, and uh, we want to learn from that. We want to look at that, you and I, and we want to learn from that. We want to know what can apply in our lives and how it can have us um, with greater depth of discernment, uh, you know, recognizing the wisdom of the text and seeing what we can apply in our families and what we can apply in our faith uh, today. What do you think? that makes sense? By all means, please consider subscribing, following, liking, sharing, give a comment, all that kind of wonderful stuff. If you If you engage the content, the content moves further, and perhaps we will be able to find uh, other friends out there around the world, uh, just like you and I, who who love to to go through the holy text and uh, understand it more uh, accurately, if you will. Joseph's dream. Chapter 37, Genesis, verse 1, it says, and I quote, Now Jacob lived in the land where his father had sojourned, in the land of Canaan. There are, these are, it says in verse 2, the records of the generations of Jacob, and in verse 3, or sorry, verse 2 still, Joseph, when 17 years of age, 17 years young, that's really young, isn't it, was pasturing the flock with his brothers while he was still a youth, along with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, And Joseph brought back a bad report about them to their father. So, of course, the account uh, opens up here with a great many things revealed that have since taken place chronologically in the history before Joseph with his lineage. His father, Jacob, and to Jacob, his brother Esau, and going back, of course, to Isaac, and the many things that have taken place. And as a result of sinful decisions, a lack of faith or little faith in God, uh, the results of uh, polygamous uh, unions uh, and uh, children born here and there, to and fro, and uh, division in the family, and uh, a great measurement of drama that should have been unnecessarily... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that that should have been unnecessary uh but we see all of that uh, in the description of where Joseph is now found as a 17-year-old boy so he's going of course to have been the recipient born into this kind of situation in his family where uh he's going to to learn some things that might be accurate but some things that might not what do we mean well if you are born into a household and a family and a location where there is sin or division or uh, adultery or fornication or anything you you, you seek to, 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 to mention. Uh, if you are born and raised in that element, you are certainly of a higher uh, statistic going to be the victim of um, your surrounding conditions, which indeed will greatly influence you when you become independently accountable of your own life and choose to continue following through that chaos that was in the family you were born in or you might choose to of course separate yourself from that toxic environment and find peace and freedom and tranquility and all those things away from that some remain within the toxic environment till they they uh, depart from this earth some recognize that some have a humble heart enough to recognize that and remove themselves withdraw themselves from Uh, the toxic elements that may have been surrounded in their life or or born into. And and Joseph, of course, here in the opening text, is um, his character molded to a certain degree by the things that have taken place by his fathers and his grandfathers. We tend not to think that far, but we should. We should think that far because if we started thinking that far, we could build, edify, uh Culture, which is family and Christ like uh, uh, behavior. Uh, but for some families that have been, again, centuries in chaos, it takes a long time to heal from that. But the great healer, our Lord and Master Jesus Christ, he is patient with us and he heals us. Sometimes through uh, great sorrow and uh, many moments of pain. Nonetheless, we learn. And what a sad, foolish state for those of us who don't learn through those moments, right? Who remain defiant and rebellious. Uh, So sad. But here again, chapter 37, in regards to the witnessed account of Joseph when he was this uh, youth, and what was taking place, and why did I mention what I have mentioned? Well, look at the text again. Was pastoring the flock with his brothers while he was still a youth, along with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. Again, that's what we were all speaking about here, the history that has taken place. And Joseph brought back a bad report about them to their father. Now, why would he do that? Again, is it uh, attributed to perhaps behavioral influences in his life that were corrupt, or perhaps it is upright, but he should have had the wisdom uh, to discern perhaps the manner of delivery and his approachability to the situation that would have warranted a bad rapport nonetheless it wasn't taken very well was it as we are going to read and it it, again it, it gives us insight into this family lineage and the history therein and um it takes time for us to learn these things you can't just enter into a family and uh be so foolish and prideful to think you know the history and uh you know it takes time to, to, to help people and to minister to people by recognizing what they've gone through and the turmoil of their family and how uh, they came about to where they're at now. And um, that's important. It's also important because with these weaknesses in these families, uh, it allows breaches of the border where the devil and those who work for him such as diatrophies, of course, and other uh, pharisaical uh, uh, individuals to enter into those weaknesses and capitalize on those weaknesses, and to take advantage of these individuals, whether through flattery or to open nuanced gossip, um, psychological manipulation, these kind of things. And, And of course, that's what most often happens because the devil prowls around, and he is seeking definitely who he can devour. And We have witnessed these accounts as we've been reading through the book of Genesis in this family, how they've made themselves, like opened up a a, a window, uh, if you will, or again, a a crack in the wall where contaminants and corruption can enter and take advantage of them and have them as victims and consequence to uh, some some bad decisions, some sinful hands. And, And a great many of them, of course, sinning a great sin, against the family, and against uh, God's, God's way and his will. So here's Joseph, and the condition continues, and then the text, of course, moving for, forward, verse 3. Now Israel, which is Jacob, loved Joseph. As a father should, I suppose, love his son. But here's the problem. The text says more than all his sons more than all his sons which would again be a disservice to joseph's upbringing because of joseph's upbringing having the privileged focus of his father more so than his 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 siblings may be the cause in which why joseph felt so uh, um how should i say felt so entitled as to uh, come back to his father with a bad report on behalf of family, and that can cause, again, some (laughs) unnecessary turmoil. So Jacob loved Joseph more than all his sons, and that should not be the case. It's as a father's duty, that we love our children equally. We may recognize the difference in their personalities in which one of them needs more of a different kind of an attention than the other or whatnot, but should be loved all equally. I have three beautiful, wonderful blessings to which I love equally. Now, they are different in their personalities, two boys and one girl, the girl, of course, more affectionate, more tender in such ways, and the boys a bit more, well, as boys are masculine, but loved equally. Nonetheless, my life laid down for all of them, if necessary. And when we read accounts of families where um, preference takes place, uh, it can cause a a lot of turmoil that can grow in bitterness, in division in the family, and and all sorts of Of things of that nature, and that plays a part in the sons that have been neglected by their father and not received the same love. They might seek that in a partner that would be, uh, um, or they make themselves vulnerable to accepting partners in their life that would be toxic, that would be um, uh, a problem to the family and cause more problem. And again, the snowball keeps growing further as it tumbles down the hill. And uh, we recognize these things in order for us to learn and avoid, stay away from these kind of uh, behavioral um, delinquencies, if you will. So Jacob loved Joseph more than all his sons. That should not be the case. But here's why he did that. Because he was the son of his old age. Um, It is true as you grow older um, and you continue to receive the blessing of procreation and the wonderful uh, um, experience that comes with that, that you're, you should be maturing, right, as you grow as a father. So the way you perhaps raised your firstborn or, might be different than the the way you would raise your lastborn. <laughs> um, and that is, of course on the part of parents, as we try to learn, as we go along, best we can. Uh, But sometimes when you find yourself in an older age with children, you tend to be a bit more uh, lenient, where the first child would have been like, hey, man, I would have gotten punished for that, or I would have gotten severe discipline for this, that, and the other, and why does, you know, this brother or sister not receive that same punishment? that happens in a span of decades as a family grows. And of course, as parents, we should learn not to um, stray too far outside the boundaries of limitation within what is decent in a household and how we raise our children. But I felt that was a perspective necessary for us to have uh, insight in, so be mindful of that. So here's Jacob, and he loves Joseph more than all his sons, and it's because he's a son of his old age. And he made him, this is what Jacob made Joseph, he made him a full-length robe, right? A very colored tunic. And this, of course, as an act of fatherly love, uh, though not equally uh, dispersed to all the siblings, sadly, uh, it is nonetheless the recorded account we read. So in verse 4, his brothers. Whose brothers? Well, Joseph's brothers. They saw that their father, Jacob, now known as Israel, loved Joseph more than them. They could see it. They could be like, yeah, dad loves, I mean, <laughs> you know, Joseph's the little pet of the family. And you can see how that bitterness, how that Corruption. That seed of corruption has grown, and and, and is now infected the the neuro pathways to uh, an unhealthy location where they are no longer seeing their brother with tender and loving eyes, filled with compassion and thoughtfulness. Uh, they are seeing him as an enemy, as um, an evil receiver uh, of uh, unjust parental affection, you know, and it's just, that can destroy a family. I know it. It can destroy a family. His brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, and so they hated him and could not speak to him on friendly terms. They hated their brother. You know how sad that is when a brother, your own brother, hates you uh, because he has allowed his heart to be corrupted and filled with bitterness and uh, false uh and misguided um, um i should i suppose views uh that that separate the family and that that's so sad and that's what takes place a lot of toxic individuals in the mix a lot of foreign interference if you will things of that nature uh certainly revealed so here's his brothers and he's, they see what's taking place here and they 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 allow that to infect them to a, a very um, unhealthy unhealthy relationship where it's filled with hate. It's filled with hate. So they hated Joseph. They hated their brother. That's so sad. The New Testament system would speak of spiritual family, brothers and sisters in Christ. If you hate your brother, you, you, you can't be in the presence of our Lord and Master eternally. You've withdrawn yourself from the grace of God if you hate your brother. Sadly, we've witnessed that in the church, haven't we? Those of us who have been there long enough to see the hate. How, how hateful must you be to um, produce and act in such ways against your parents, against your siblings, um, that you would seek their, their, their death? How, how sad is that? How sad and, and weak uh, some of our siblings have been in the past. And we've, we've lived through those sorrows, haven't we? We understand the wisdom. And it's, uh, it's such a tragic yet real account of the consequences of sin. Here we have a father who was not distributing his parental privileges to his family equally and because of that, there was a breach of unity, and now a division has taken place, and character flaws created in, J- in Joseph as much as his, bro- his siblings, and because of that, his brothers hate him. And that's just so sad. As parents, we should do everything we can to make sure our children, our sib- as siblings they are, together, united and love each other no matter what, together forever. That's how that works. Because if there's a breach in the wall, the devil will creep in and that's what he does. And he'll pin one against the other. And that's so sad. So his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all the brothers, all his brothers, and so they hated him and could not speak to him on friendly terms. They just couldn't have a decent conversation with him. They were driven by hate. They were polluted by it. And, and sadly, um, one can't be right with God with that kind of a heart. You just can't. You just can't. When you can't speak on friendly terms, it, it's a sad state of affairs. And we've witnessed those things, and we've been the victims of uh, a great manner of hateful uh, practices. So we, we can all together as Christians Understand these moments if we've lived in the church long enough, or on this earth long enough, if you will. So, verse 5, it continues Then Joseph had a dream. Oh, boys, and this dream is not going to help him, is it, in regards to how he's going to choose to deliver it to his brothers who hate him and could not even speak to him on friendly terms? But Joseph didn't have the wisdom to discern it because his father did not impart in him this knowledge. Rather, his father uh, acted as an agent of, uh, well, or I should say, um, well, yeah, producing or enabling Joseph into a, uh, a misguided way to interact with his siblings. Anyway, so then Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, <laughs> they hated him even more. Is that even possible? Well, of course. They hated him to the point they could not speak to him, even in friendly terms. That's hateful enough. Why would Joseph go ahead and further... I mean, Joseph didn't start the whole thing, well, either in reporting to his father a bad report in regards to his family. I mean, so here, Joseph has a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. Even more. That's so sad. Again, that breaks my heart, because... Again it should not be there should not be any hate between brothers, but sin'll do that sin'll do that sin'll uh activate a corruption in your heart and have you believing lies against your own brother and the devil's really good about that uh diatrophic individuals uh prideful brutes are really good about that they psychologically manipulate and have you hate someone who's not your enemy when you should in be uh, uh, wise to the influence that's uh, pushing you forward in a very corrupt way. So he said to them in verse 6, this is Joseph now speaking to his brothers in verse 6, and he says, please listen to this dream which I have had. Now, if I would have been walking next to Joseph, I would have been like, hey man, listen, I don't, you know, I'm not saying you didn't get this dream or anything, but I, I don't think you should tell it. I mean, there's, there's, there's a problem here. Your brothers hate you. If you tell him this dream, it's just going to make it worse. We need to, There's a lot of conversation that needs to, to take place here in a mature way, in a civil way, where we have our, our emotions under uh, controlled, and we can just speak things as uh, family and, 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 and uh, resolve this problem. Uh, but the devil don't want none of that. Uh, Diotrephes don't want none of that, and he will not allow his subjects to have any part of that at all. Uh, And that's the influence of um, an unhealthy spirit that enters into a family uh, one way or another when there are weaknesses. And so he says to them, please listen to this dream which I have had. (laughs) I don't think it's the time to tell them about this dream. But anyways, the the context moves forward. And the verse 7 says, For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf rose up and also stood erect. And behold... Your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to my sheaf. It's not bad enough that uh, they 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 hate him to the point where they can't speak friendly with him. Now they hate him even more. Um, and here he is telling them, you know, I've had a dream that you are all going to bow down to me. Now, of course, with the entire account, we're going to see how that all concludes. Uh, But at this stage of their history in this family, it's a a problem, right? It's a problem. So he says that. He says, for behold, we were binding sheaves. blah, blah, blah. Verse 8 says, then his brothers said to him, are you actually going to reign over us? Are you actually going to reign over us? Or are you really going to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. It's just building up, building up, building up, building up. It's almost as if everything Joseph is saying is provocative to their, or fueling their hatred even further. And they're like, unreal, how how this guy can be. I mean, it's not bad enough, this, that, and the other. Now this? Now he's having a dream. Oh, right, right, right. A dream that we all bow down to you. Almighty joseph so you can see of course in the description of the text how uh there's an unhealthy engagement here for for sure now he had still another dream in verse 9 and related it to his brothers once again and said lo i have had still another dream and behold the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me and he related it to his father and to his brothers And his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you've had? Shall I and your mother and your brothers actually come to bow ourselves down before you to the ground? Like, uh, you think pretty highly of yourself, don't you? You think yourself pretty entitled, don't you? That's (laughs) That's a pretty high position you've exalted yourself to. Uh, you know, as a 17-year-old youth. Interesting, isn't it? His brothers, of course, were jealous of him, verse 11, but his father kept the saying in mind. He just kept going through what he had been told, like, what is he, where was he going with his dream? And his brothers, of course, jealous. And sadly, that's what takes place a great many times. Jealousy, pride, control, greed, You know, those things will destroy a marriage, they'll destroy a family, they'll destroy churches and friendships. We know, we've witnessed those things, we know what that looks like and how ugly it gets at the hands of uh, nefarious and very evil individuals who masquerade, of course, as friends and things of that nature. But it's amazing, yet still how real and relevant these accounts are in today's world. And how, uh, as families, we go through these things. And um, we are wise to, to, to recognize these uh, wisdoms and these accounts and learn from these examples and uh, grow stronger in our faith for it. So his brothers were jealous of him. Jealousy will do it, man. I'm telling you. Oh, he gets more likes on Facebook. Can't stand it. Oh, he's successful for our Lord and Master. I can't stand it. I have to destroy that. The devil tried to destroy us a great many ways over those kind of things as well. Tried to destroy the added souls ministry, tried to destroy uh, our marriage, tried to destroy uh, everything and everything, tried to tell me I can't preach anymore, I can't do this, can't do that. The devil will do all kinds of stuff like that. It's sad. It really is. But that's what takes place. Jealousy will do a whole bunch of stuff like that. His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in mind kept going through it right like why does he say that why did he give us this dream so then his brothers went to pasture their father's flock in Shechem verse 12 and Israel said to Joseph in verse 13 are not your brothers pasturing the flock in Shechem come and I will send you to them and he said to him I will go okay so there's a call to action uh, and a work to be practiced a task to be achieved, and uh, it is received and uh, meant to move forward. So, in verse fourteen, then he said to him, "Go now and see about the welfare, the well-being of your brothers, and the welfare of the flock, the well-being of our, um, how should I say, um, our finances, our well-being economically." And bring word back to me. So go, find, find out the well-being of, our, uh, 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 of your brothers, my sons, and of our work. What keeps us uh, fed, if you will. And bring back word to me. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. Now, in verse 15, a man found him. And behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, what are you looking for? So here's this man speaking to Joseph, who has been sent by his father, Israel, Jacob, in regards to his brothers. Remember, his brothers hate him. They can't can't even speak friendly with him. Now they hate him even the more, the more, the more, the more. They've just been growing in great hatred. And this, of course, is unrighteous hatred. There is righteous hatred. And what is that hatred? Well, it's the hatred we have for sin, as God hates the shedding of innocent blood, pride, all those things listed of course in the proverbs so there is a righteous hate we should hate sin correct okay but this here account the hatred his brothers have is unrighteous it's not healthy at all it's not just it's not upright so a man found joseph and behold he was wandering in the field and the man came and asked joseph what are you looking for and of course joseph says i am looking for my brothers Please tell me where they are pasturing the flock. And this man says to Joseph in verse 17, they have moved from here. They're no longer at this location. For I heard them say, this is what I heard them say, let us go to Dotham. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dotham. And so now we enter into the portion of Scripture where the plot against Joseph is going to take place from his brothers. Again, you can see the progressive nature of this corruption within the hearts of his brothers against Joseph. And we can see how Joseph certainly participated in a part that did not (laughs) uh, mend and heal and bring forth fruitful conversation, which would unite the family, but... Because of his upbringing and the way his father uh, um, um, interacted with him. And all of this put together. All of this put together. And it's wise we recognize all these things because with all these tools that we can capture and cling to, we can learn from, and it will give us practical application in our faith today, in our families, and how we are to be with our. Husbands and wives and children, and how the children, our sons and daughters, should be together. And all of these things could have been avoided if faith in in God was primary, of priority. If our faith in God is priority, and the main goal system is to be pleasing to God so as to make it to heaven with Him one day and bring as many as with us as possible, if that is the humble submission in mind we keep, then all things can be mended and healed, even from a far-off and such division as we see in this family, where brothers are so filled with hate, unrighteous hate, that they're willing to murder one of their own kin, one of their own blood, ancestry, lineage. Uh, that's important. We need to recognize these things, man. I'm telling you. So uh, here we enter the portion of scripture in which we are going to find the plot against Joseph, and before we do that, please consider subscribing, please consider consider following, giving a thumbs up, giving a comment, sharing the link far and wide, and please consider supporting this work. You can do so by signing up at addedsouls.locals.com. You can sign up there for free and choose to support monthly. No amount is too low, no amount is too high. And you will receive exclusive content. For instance, I plan on going live there exclusively to supporters uh, sometime today and have a conversation about uh, our necessity to persevere through some very difficult moments in life that come in our faith. Please consider supporting. Your support, of course, of the Added Souls Ministry through the Maie family keeps us fed sheltered and clothed as we contribute and give uh, uh laboring alongside the East Coast Church of Christ over here on the East Coast of Canada. A healthy congregation, a growing congregation, and uh, we certainly uh, are most thankful to God and His grace for those of you who do support and have known me and my family for many years personally. So want to give you that opportunity. If you are willing and able, please consider that. There is also donations through PayPal, and there is also our physical address. If you send, if you seek to send a gift, reach out to me privately. We can have a conversation. If you have any concerns or questions, I am more than willing to answer them. Everything is transparent in our faith and ministry. It has been from the very beginning. There is nothing to hide. The truth has nothing to hide. Reach out to us and uh, get involved uh it, it it's some uh, very good work to par- participate in okay so back to the location of the scriptures now in genesis chapter 37 moving from verses 18 and following in regards to the plot against joseph from his brothers so when they saw him when they the brothers saw him joseph from a distance and before joseph came close to the brothers they, these brothers, plotted against him to put him to death, verse 18. And we saw a lot of that kind of uh, behavioral corruption in the Pharisaical kind, the Sanhedrin also, in the sociopolitical leadership of Judaism in the age of the Messiah, in the pages of the New Testament uh, covenant, right? The new covenant, the new system. So when they saw him from a distance, they came close to them. He was, and he came close to them. They, they plotted against him to put him to death. A 17-year-old child. 17-year-old. That's just so sad. From his, from his brothers, who should have been there to protect him and just speak to him, or at least have the maturity to understand, yeah, you know, dad shouldn't have treated him better than us, or dad shouldn't have, should have loved us equally. But it's not Joseph's fault. He was born into that. They, they, there were so many other ways to go about it then we hate him, we hate him so much, we're going to murder him. We're going to murder him. And that's what the devil wants, because the devil's a murderer, he's a liar, he's a thief, he's a robber from the very beginning. And once he infiltrates your mind, that's it. It's done. These here filled with bitterness, jealousy, hate, murder, revenge, retaliation, It's just chaos. It's disorderly. There's no peace there. There's not a tranquil breath. It's just filled with anxiety and um, uncertain moments of toxic uh, entourage. Now then, in verse 19, they want to put him to death. They're plotting against him. So they say to one another, here comes this dreamer. Right? Here comes this dreamer. They, know, they They can't even recognize the humanity of their brother. They can't see him. They only see him now as a disease. It's his fault. That's how the devil gets in your mind. He'll have you hating your own brother. and have, He'll have you believing his lies. The devil will have you believing his lies. False accusations against your own brothers, and you hate your brothers. When in the fact you should hate Satan, you should hate Diotrephes. He's the reason. He's the reason behind it. You're being manipulated, but that's what happens when you find when you have a weakness in your heart. The devil he'll go in that way and he'll take advantage of that. If it's flattery, it's flattery. If it's intimidation, it's intimidation. If it's gossip, it's gossip. He'll do whatever he can. And here within the hearts of these brothers, they plot to murder Joseph, their own kind. And that's sad. They can't even recognize him in a human form as Joseph, their brother anymore. No, the dreamer. And of course, that is a slur to the fact Joseph had revealed to them his dream, which again, I would have advised them, I don't think I'd tell your brothers right now about that dream. <laughs> I think I'd make friends with them first. <laughs> have a conversation with them. But they should have been mature enough to know that. And Joseph be like... Joseph's just acting like, because dad raised him that way. It's not his fault. Let's try to teach him differently. So they said to one another, here comes this dreamer. Now then, come and let us murder him and throw him into one of the pits. And we will say, a wild beast devoured him. Then let us see what will become of his dreams. Man. Man, that, how do you sleep at night thinking that way? How do you sleep at night? That's just so sad. Come, let us murder him. And if that sin is not bad enough, which of course came from other sins prior, with unrighteous hate and all those things that we've mentioned thus far, now we want to murder him? Now we want to add to that? We want to throw him into one of the pits? Not even a decent burial. Not even any honor or respect. Well, no, no, we're going to throw him in a pit. He's he's less than the insects now. And we will say, what w- what are we going to do now? Oh, we're going to we have to we have to lie. We have to deceive, unrighteous deception, and we have to practice a lying tongue, and say a wild beast devoured him. Then let us see what will become of his dreams. Murder, throwing him into a pit, lying, and mocking it. Ha, we'll see how smart he is then. You know, we have some brethren in the church that are as corrupt as these brothers. Oh yeah, yeah, they are. Some of us have lived through them, some of them haven't we? It is sad. How can you bring yourself to do that? You know, these are human beings, just like you and I today. Their names are in here, in this book, an inspired book. This is what they went through. This is what they were thinking at this time. That's how, that's why God hates sin. That's why God hates sin, and i fear the wrath of god upon those who participate in this kind of hate some of us have siblings who are as hateful as these are don't we and it breaks our heart doesn't it they hate us so much they can't speak a friendly word to us they can't tell us happy birthday they can't tell us happy anniversary they can't contact us and have any decent conversation they are they are fully corrupted, and brainwashed by sin. And those who puppeteer the sin behind their mind. It's just so sad. It breaks my heart to read these accounts. It's a real thing. But Reuben heard this, of course, and rescued him out of their hands and said, verse 21, let us not take his life. (laughs) So the providential path, of course, remains active in which one of them had the heart to... Oh, not go to that extreme, not because I think he cared all that much, but because maybe it would cause a problem, uh, a too much of a greater problem to cover at this, in, at this juncture or something, right? So he says, uh, let us not take his life. That's a bit extreme. Reuben further said to them, shed no blood. Throw him into this pit that is in the wilderness. But don't lay hands on him. And at this point, I'm thinking, well, which one's worse, man? At least if you you murder me, make it quick, and I'll be out of here. Now you want to throw me in a pit? You know, that seems to be a slow and agonizing death, a very fearful one. That he might rescue him out of their hands to restore him to his father. Let's read that again. Reuben further said to them, shed no blood. He's speaking to his brothers. Shed no blood. Let's not murder Joseph. Instead, let's do this. Let's throw Joseph into this pit that is in the wilderness, but don't lay hands on him. Don't lay hands on him. Don't don't shed his blood. That he might rescue him out of their hands to restore him to his father. So it came about in verse 23 when Joseph reached his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, right? Remember that gift from his father, the very colored tunic that was on him. And in verse 24, they took him and they threw him into the pit. Now the pit was empty, without any water in it. How can you do that to a human being? How can you do that to your own brother? Oh, they do. They do they do a combination of all sorts of stuff again we've been reading about it then they sat down to eat a meal going <laughs> to go back to my cornflakes you know we just threw our brother into a pit let's have a meal we'll show that dreamer won't we and as they raised their eyes and looked behold a caravan of Ishmaelites. Ishmaelites 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 was coming from Gilead with their camels bearing aromatic gum and balm and myrrh on their way to bring them down to Egypt And Judah said to his brothers in verse 26 what profit is it for us to murder our brother and cover up his blood Like what's the benefit Where's the investment in that? Come and let us sell him. Well, now it's about greed, isn't it? We got jealousy, we got hate now we got greed. Oh yeah, these kinds are uh, have crept in unnoticed in the church, some of them on behind the pulpit, some of them on podcast, on social media. Oh, they play a great game. they're uh, cunning actors. But they are filled with these things, and they think the same way, and they are as corrupt as these words we read, revealing the hearts of these brothers. So how do we deal with it? Well, by reading this book and learning. (laughs) By learning. So Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it for us to murder our brother and cover up his blood? There ain't no money to be made that way. Ain't going to be making money that way. So how are we going to be making money? So then uh, some Midianite traders passed by, so they pulled him up and lifted Joseph out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. Thus they brought Joseph into Egypt. What? No, no. Let's go back up here. Verse 26. Judah said to his brothers, what profit is it for us to kill our brother and cover up his blood? Verse 27. Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers listen to him. It'd <laughs> be hard to believe that you actually care. Well, you know, he's our brother. So at the very least, let's just make money off of him. So then some Midianite traders passed by. So they pulled him up and lifted Joseph out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. Imagine if it would have been 30. Quite the betrayal. Quite the betrayal from his brothers. Well, when you're filled with hate, bitterness, jealousy, greed, you'll betray your brother. You will. You'll lie about him. You'll bear false witness against him. You'll treat him with all sorts of false accusations. To be betrayed by a brother is a difficult thing to live through. It's a trauma that is most difficult to navigate through. Imagine being Joseph and not even having the mind of much life in him as a youth. Having to go through this. What are they doing to me? Now Reuben, of course, verse 29, returned to the pit and behold, Joseph was not in the pit, so he tore his garments. Ah, can't believe it. What do you think was going to happen? He returned to his brothers and said, The boy is not there. As for me, where am I to go? Now what am I going to do? So, they, verse 31, chapter 37 of Genesis, they took Joseph's tunic and slaughtered a male goat and dipped the tunic in the blood. Ah, the plot thickens, doesn't it? Man, oh man, what's missing with all of these things? What's missing here? A humble heart to seek God for guidance and to follow His will. Things could have been repaired. Things could have been mended and healed and united. Get rid of what is evil. Expose it, mark it, get rid of it, withdraw from it, get rid of it. Now that the cancers left the body, the body can have hope and remission to heal. They would have just had faith in God and instead of allowing themselves to be contaminated by these sinful things, these sinful thoughts and practices, ways and words. So they took Joseph's tunic. They got to continue down this, this path, the snowball of lie and deceit. And they're going to create a masquerade. They are going to create a uh, wolf in sheep's clothing, Right? They're going to create a wolf in sheep's clothing. And they've learned that somewheres. <laughs> they, they've learned that, they've learned that somehow, haven't they? This goes back a while in the ancestry. This goes back a while. What about Isaac? What happened to Isaac in regards to his wife and Jacob and what they did to deceive Isaac, robbing Esau of his blessing. I mean. And then what happened to Jacob in regards to Laban and what Laban... Oh man, oh man, oh man. Sin. Huh? Lawlessness. See the mess? See the chaos? So they took Joseph's tunic and slaughtered a male goat and dipped the tunic in the blood. Something evil, nefarious and sinister, deceiving, is taking place but it must masquerade itself in such a way that would deceive and fool their father, Israel, Jacob. Hmm. So they took Joseph's tunic and slaughtered a male goat and dipped the tunic in the blood. And they sent the fairy-colored tunic and brought it to their father and said, we found this. Oh, you found it, did you? did you? Please examine it to see whether it is your son's tunic or not. And if only Israel, if only Jacob, would have recognized his blind spot in how he was treating Joseph in comparison to how he was treating his other sibling Joseph's siblings, he would have inquired a bit deeper. He would have had the wisdom to look at them and think, really? Well, let me ask you a few more questions. Let me, let me, let me just look into this a bit deeper. And sadly, when we have a blind spot, we miss the deception. We get fooled. We know what that's like. We've had devils masquerade as friends, haven't we? And because of our blind spot, we couldn't recognize them until the attack was fulfilled and the truth was revealed in what happened. And the same, of course, has been happening for thousands of years as we read in this account and as we will keep reading. So here they examined it and said, uh, sorry, verse, verse 32, and they sent the very colored tunic and brought it to their father and said, we found this, please examine it to see whether it is your son's tunic or not. Go on, take a look at it. Remember Isaac trying to figure out who Esau and Jacob was? Huh? Interesting, isn't it? Interesting. It's it's so interesting. Then he examined it and said, it is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Joseph has surely been been torn to pieces. Well, that's a. He went all the way there, didn't he? That worked. That worked. And how broken he must have been. He allowed himself to have more love for Joseph than any other of his children. And now he's having word that the one he's loved the most has been devoured by a wild beast based on the tunic with blood on it? Sometimes we don't ask enough questions, do we? Sometimes we don't ask enough questions. And because we don't, we get in trouble. This whole idea about, I don't want to know about anything. I don't want to hear about it. This self-delusional virtue signaling that I see a great many brethren practice. I just didn't want to hear. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to know about it. Yeah, well, because you didn't want to know about it, now you believe that your son has been torn to pieces by a wild beast instead of recognizing that a great deception has taken place. Sad. So Jacob tore his clothes and put sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his son many days. Well, yeah, yeah, heartbroken, heartbroken. And that's how quickly misguided emotions can ensnare us in something that's not true at all. Jacob, fully convinced in his conscience, fully convinced that Joseph is dead. He got fooled. He got fooled by vessels of jealousy, hate, greed, practicing lies. That's how we can get fooled. At a blind spot. So Jacob tore his clothes and put sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his sons for his son many days. Well, yeah, who wouldn't? Do you know the pain in losing a sibling? A brother or a sister? You know what kind of pain comes with that? It's easier if they de- they've departed, but do you know how hurtful it is to think a brother is dead while he still walks? <laughs> oh boys, you don't know that pain, do you? That's a heavy one to that's a heavy burden. Joseph's still alive. But in the heart of Jacob, his son, his most loved son, has been torn to pieces by a wild beast. He should have asked a bit more questions. He should have... His blind spot. They took advantage of his blind spot. Devils will do that. Devils will do that. That's how they split marriages, families, families, churches, and friendships. That's how they do that. Then all his sons and all his daughters arose to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. And he said, surely I will go down to Sheol in mourning for my son. So his father wept for him. Imagine that. Imagine how cunning these actors can be. All his sons and all his daughters arose to comfort him. How do you comfort your father? What, How cunning of an act must you play? You're the one who lied to him. You're the one who got rid of Joseph. You wanted to murder him. And now somehow you think you're going to comfort him? It's... phew. Deep how it goes, isn't it? So meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, Pharaoh's officer, the captain of the bodyguard. Wow. And that's something. And that, of course, will bring to conclusion our study session this hour. And we will certainly pick up, Lord willing, next week on Wednesday as we move forward into the account of Joseph and the, t- the things taking place. And as we've gone through this account, this chapter, we've learnt some valuable gems, haven't we? On how we are to be prudent and how we are to be wise. Always seek ye first the kingdom. In priority, we must follow the Christ. We must follow God. That is our priority, to be pleasing to Him in submissive obedience because we want to, because we seek it, because we eagerly anticipate each day of life. Blessed upon us to do what is right, to make it to heaven with Him one day and to bring as many with us as possible. And with this information, we can learn, for this book makes us wiser than our enemies, And we can learn how to not allow, to never permit such corrupt contaminations within the household, but to remain united and build culture of family. My children are learning these things. We have to teach them these things, (laughs) because it is true and real to our faith. All right, my friends, we're an hour in. Please consider subscribing, following, liking, sharing, comment, share the link far and wide. Please consider supporting this work so that it can continue in expediency to grow and reach more. Uh, You can do that by signing up at addedsouls.locals.com. It's free to sign up over there, and you can support monthly. No amount is too low, no amount is too high. Everything's transparent financially. You can certainly uh, contact us, and uh, uh, we'll answer your questions. Everything's transparent. But you'll receive some exclusive content over there, some live videos and uh, uploads and things of, of that uh, kind over at local at addedsouls.locals.com. But you can also, of course, send a gift through PayPal, and you can also, of course, reach out to me for a physical address if you if you seek to send a gift. It is for the Added Souls ministry through the Maya family and the work we labor alongside with the East Coast Church of Christ over here on the East Coast of Canada. And we certainly do have a Facebook page if you'd like to go over there and see our weekly sermons and things like that. But uh, yeah, you are valuable. You are appreciated. I certainly am encouraged by your uh, your presence and your willingness to be with us. And uh, Lord willing, tomorrow is Thursday. We will have our topical discussion. And we pray to see you there. 10 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time. We go live from Monday to Friday. 10 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time. Good stuff. Stay focused. Stay positive. We shall see each other again next time. Peace out.